Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. One more time, let's clap our hands to the Lord and thank Him for this place. We love you, Jesus. Praise be your name. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. I'm going to ask you to join me this morning in the book of Daniel, chapter 6. We'll be reading one verse of scripture, Daniel 6 and 10. Thank you for being in church this morning. Aren't you thankful that you got up this morning and got dressed and got here? We've been talking about thriving in Babylon. And this morning we're going to focus our attention on consistent commitment. Daniel 6 and 10, the Bible says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. When he knew it was written, he went into his house, he prayed, he gave thanks as he did aforetime. Solomon once said that there is no new thing under the sun. In other words, there there isn't anything on the earth or occurring in the earth or has occurred or perhaps will occur in the future that one could say is a really new thing. This is especially true concerning the human condition. If you really think about it, there, there really isn't anything going on in the world now. There's not really anything going on in the world at this moment. Or there's not really anything that will occur in the future that hasn't already happened in some way. In some form or some fashion, it's, there's no really new thing. And even further than that, there's not really anything that's ever gone on or will occur that hasn't been written in this book. The Bible really is, if I can say it like this, a one-stop shop for all things past, present, and future. The Bible is the hindermost authority. It is the leading authority, and it is the final authority. And so with that said, this morning we're going to talk a little bit about religious persecution and religious persecution not really being anything new under the sun. The kingdom of heaven has suffered violence essentially from the very beginning. And so to think that religious persecution or the trying of our faith is an exclusively 21st century or even 1st century issue would be an inaccurate assessment. Now, I certainly don't relish in the sufferings of others. I don't, 
I don't revel in the plight of people, but I am thankful for the example of Scripture. Romans 15 and 4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now, I don't revel in the fact that there's been some people that have had to walk through some things. I don't relish in the fact that there are some people that have had to walk through some stuff in their life. I'm, I'm not at all happy that some people have had to walk through some deep and some dark valleys in their life. And I'm not at all happy that there are some that have even had to walk through some very tight and difficult situations. But I am thankful that Scripture holds the key to the hope that is found in us. That there are some people that had to walk through some things. There are some people that had to climb some mountains and had to walk through some valleys. But their victories inside this book is what gives me strength and what provides me hope to know that if they could make it, then so can I and so can you. And so Daniel of the Old Testament suffered persecution and he suffered subsequent judgment because of his faith in God. The book of Daniel itself is known as the apocalypse of the Old Testament. Daniel pro portrays an unbroken view of a whole narrative of history as one Gentile nation or world kingdom rises and falls as one Gentile nation to another rules the earth until God sets up his own kingdom for eternity. Daniel narrated much of the book in the first person. And so the accounts that we read in the book of Daniel are not merely written by an author who is biographically removed from the situation. This is a book that was firsthand experienced. Daniel had to walk through some life. Daniel had to walk through some struggles. Can I say it like this? Daniel had to live through some things, and Daniel had to walk through some things, but I'm thankful that Daniel read about, walked through it, and then he was able to live and tell about it to us today. He lived through it, but he lived to tell it. And so for the purposes of this morning's lesson, the focus will be centered on the events surrounding our scripture focus, Daniel 6 and 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and hear it and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. He gave thanks toward his God as he did aforetime. When Darius, king of Media, succeeded Belshazzar, he organized his kingdom by appointing 120 princes to rule. To rule over these 120 princes, he appointed three presidents, the first being Daniel. Above the princes and above the presidents, he preferred Daniel above all of them. Chapter three, verse or chapter six, rather, verse three. They, they explain to us why that is. The Bible says because he preferred him because he had an excellent spirit that was in him. So much so that, that Darius even thought about setting him over the entire kingdom of Babylon. 
And so much like the story of Joseph, we just see how God's favor is able to elevate him and and to push him up into a position of authority and influence. And yes, he was able to do this even in the midst of undesirable circumstances and even in the midst of undesirable people. It is very interesting to me as this happens is because it inevitably does. It inevitably happens throughout Scripture and even Throughout today, a heathen nation, a heathen king, no doubt there are unscrupulous dealings going on in back corners and back rooms, yet the child of God is placed in the position of influence. All these nefarious activities going on in a dark and deep dark world, but yet the child of God is placed over all of this, in charge, favored, and influential. Now one would think, that the people that are quote-unquote good at the darker side of dealing would be the ones that are elevated to the top of this kind of heap. And that may be so in some cases. However, I believe that this is the first proof of Scripture that we can point to here today. Can I say it like this? In whatever you do, in whatever situation you find yourself in, in whatever lot of life that you find yourself in, and whatever you do, you don't have to join the club to get ahead. You don't have to go with the flow to get gain. You don't hear me now. You don't have to play the game. You don't have to play the field. You don't have to play the politics or you don't have to play the fool. You can be the man or the woman of God where God has placed you and you can do it with class, with integrity, and with honesty, and you can do it by the power of the Holy Ghost because God will make a way for you and he will do it on his time, he will do it by his own power, and he will do it with his own resources. But not everyone is going to commend you for that. Not everyone is going to be on your side about that. In fact, in an attempt to thwart Daniel's promotion, the princes and the presidents conspired to find something in which they could charge him with. There was nothing they could lay to his charge there was, there was no nefarious activities that they could put on him. There was no criminal act that they could point to. There were no dishonest dealings that they could find in Daniel to uncover. So, Daniel 6, 5, then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Knowing Daniel was a man of prayer, knowing that he was a man of prayer so much so that he would never petition anyone or any other God other than the God of whom he had always prayed. And knowing that Daniel would not go 30 minutes, much less 30 days without praying, these authorities assembled themselves before the king and said, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal law and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. 
which altereth not, which changes not. Daniel was placed over the finances of the kingdom. He, he, he was the one who supervised the coffers. He, he was obviously different from the rest, and quite frankly, he was a cut above the rest. He dealt in honesty, which prevented these other princes from skimming off the top and stealing and taking a cut of the taxes. And so this is the following statements, and they are not intended to be negative statements, but they are forever true. But the favor of God doesn't always attract all positive attention. It will attract attention. It will be noticed. But hear me today, righteousness will not make you a friend to all. And so hastily, Darius, Darius made an uneducated, unthoughtful, and even perhaps self-exalting decision. He signed the necessary documents. And he established this ill-advised decree. Signed, sealed, decreed, done. No turning back. It's already done. The ink is already dry. The plastic in which they pushed that signet down in, that, that stuff has already dried and hardened. It is done. There is no turning back. Any person who goes before anyone or anything for any reason except the king, lowercase, of the Medes and Persians, it's imminent death. No if, no ands, no buts. But when Daniel knew this, when Daniel heard that this was done, when Daniel received the news that the decree had been called and it had gone out, we know what he did, but let's talk a minute about what he did not do. He did not lament his circumstance. He did not request a meeting or storm into an office of the king demanding some explanation or some reprieve from the law. Can I just bring this to where we are right now? He didn't take to Twitter. He didn't log on to his Facebook post and, and post his disagreement or his lament in his story. He didn't organize a march. He didn't prepare a protest. He didn't get cardboard and start making signs and begin recruiting other Israelites to stand on the steps of the palace court nor did he cower in fear waver in worry or tremble in trepidation Daniel gathered himself if you can just humor me for a moment and let me use my imagination I can see him getting the news Daniel they've signed it it's already done. It's already decreed. I can see him. If you'll just let me use my imagination for a moment, I can see him closing his briefcase. I can see him locking it down and grabbing it off his desk, calmly walking to his chariot, calmly driving home. He went home, and with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt and he prayed just like he had always done. He didn't storm into the office and say, I demand an explanation. He didn't go in there to his co-workers and start hollering and screaming and carrying on. But he went home. He walked into his chamber. He opened the windows unashamedly and he prayed just like he had always 
done. Daniel said, they may write the laws of the land, but I know the maker of the heavens. They may write mandates on men, but I know the one who removes kings and I know the man who sets them up. He's the one that changes the seasons. He's the one that calls the times. He's the one that named the stars and told the ocean, you can only come this far. And so can I tell you this morning, decrees can be called and orders can be given. You can be told you can't go here and you can be told you can't go there. You can be told you can't see this person or you can't see that person. Legislation can be passed and they can literally take liberties away from you, but there is something that they cannot take away from you and there is something that they cannot take away from me and that is our ability to pray they can't take that away that's our God given right and that's our God given ability to kneel before our God and pray And so, let me just say this morning, this is just a few things that the Word of God says about prayer, and there are only a few that I have here, but it's enough. Romans 12, he said to continue in prayer. In Romans 12, again, he said be instant in prayer. In Ephesians 6 and 8, pray always. Philippians 4 and 6, pray about everything. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, pray without ceasing. 1 Timothy 2 and 1, pray for those who are in authority above you. You pray everywhere, pray for one another, pray effectively, and pray fervently. James said to pray bold prayers and watch God do the miraculous. And so Daniel knew, Daniel knew something that we all need to know here today. Daniel knew prayer is what got him there, and Daniel knew prayer is what would get him through. Prayer is what got us here. Prayer is what has preserved us to this point. And there will be nothing less than prayer that will keep us and bring us through because prayer works. Told not to, Daniel resorted to what got him there. Told not to, Daniel resorted to what kept him where he was. Daniel resorted to the thing that would preserve him. He prayed. Now it's very important to understand Daniel was not being disobedient to the law. It's all about perspective. Daniel was not being disobedient to the law of the land, but Daniel was being obedient to the law of God first. Long before the king ever took office, long before these men ever assembled and brought this decree before him and said, let's do this. We think it'll be a great idea. Long before that, Daniel Daniel followed these words, Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. 
And that's not all. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them while thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down. And when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine head. And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And here's why. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. I'm still going. You shall not go after other gods and the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. And so Daniel was not being disobedient to the law of the land just for the sake of being disobedient to the law of the land. But Daniel had a mandate that had already been placed upon his life and he understands that he ought to obey God first rather than obey man. And so I come against this notion this morning that we ought to just disobey and just be contentious for the source or the sake of being contentious. That's not what we're doing. We're not here out of protest, but we're here because God has given us so much and we're going to obey him first. Because like Daniel, we know where our strength comes from. And just like Daniel, come that other word in high water, God is going to come through for us. Daniel didn't wait. Daniel didn't wait till that trouble began. Daniel didn't wait. We're just reading this as a narrative. Daniel had already been praying. Daniel knew where he was. He was not, he was not ignorant of the fact that he was in Babylon. He was not in the chosen place that God wanted him in. It's not the first time Daniel prayed. This was a lifelong commitment. Long before the circumstance. In fact, it was that commitment and that consistency that gave them the fodder in which to throw at him. It's what allowed his detractors to even plan their nefarious activity to begin with. And just as they had planned, when those who wished to 
prevent his promotion. They discovered that he was not adhering to the king's decree. Surprise, surprise. They reported it to the king. Daniel 6 and 12, and they came near. Spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man shall that shall ask a petition of any god or man within 30 days, save thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. We need to hear that. Which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king that, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition not once, not twice, but three times a day. And so can I tell you, that's why I'm putting so much emphasis on that which altereth not, because the same is true in our day today, that no matter how unjust no matter how sinister the plan in implementing these adverse laws into the land, no matter that those laws may or may not be or are or contrary to the faithful in God, we are not exempt from the law. Daniel was not exempt. And Darius was not happy. Nevertheless, it was the law. And those that accused him reminded him in verse 15. Now these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. And so no alternative exists. Darius is not happy. Nevertheless, it is his law. And he commanded that Daniel be thrown into the den of lions. But this is what the king said in verse 16. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou serve, continually he will deliver you isn't it amazing a heathen king saw both the potential in Daniel and the power of his God can I tell you today that that's what our consistent commitment will do in our own lives this is what commitment brings and this is what faith in God produces not only will it produce an incremental increase of faith in your own life but others will see that consistent commitment in you and that sacrifice and it will inevitably place them into a position to know your faith and to know your God and to know that there is nothing too hard for him. They see what you do when trouble comes your way. They see how you react when stuff happens in your life and they see how God inevitably brings you up and brings you out every single time and they can see that there is nothing 
too hard for your God. They see that excellent spirit, that the power of God, that excellent spirit that the Holy Ghost produces in your life. We're not standing on a soapbox but there is an excellency that comes with the power of God that is shown through your life and you ought to show it. They see that because of all of that. There's nothing too hard for him. And so Daniel, Daniel was placed into the den of lions. A stone was placed over the mouth of the cave. It was sealed with the king's personal signet and the signets of all his lords. This assured that there would be no exemption for Daniel. The law was decreed, it was called, it was placed in statute, and there was nothing he could do to get out of it. He's in the cave. He's there with the lions. But interestingly, the king spent a restless and a sleepless night in the palace. There was no parties. There was no music. There was just silence. There was no food. He ate nothing, but so did the lions. They ate nothing. Daniel 6 and 20, and when he came to the den, this is the king, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouths that they have no hurt, not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Listen to that. I have done no hurt to you, king. I have not raised my voice to you, king. Daniel never once opened his mouth against the king. There was no railing accusation found in his mouth or on his lips. There was no I told you so motion coming from him. There was no, see, I told you what would happen. No, he just came out of there and said, my God has done another good work. He's delivered me and I found there's no found, no hurt toward you from me. No railing accusation. No, I told you so. Then the king was exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. No hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. Story doesn't say Daniel bypassed the lion's den because he believed in his God. The Bible doesn't say that Daniel got out of everything unscathed. 
He didn't have anything to walk through. He didn't have any situations that he had to go through because he believed in his God. No, because he believed in his God, that's what put him in the cave in the first place. But because he believed in his God, that's what got him out of the cave when it was time to come out of the cave. And so can I tell you this morning, you don't have to open your mouth and say one word because God will fight your battles. All you have to do is trust him and live for him and do his will and he will come through because belief merely belief in God will not exempt us from the trial belief in the power of God will not exempt us from the trial but belief in God will bring us through them every single time without fail not only did Daniel come out of the cave? Not only did God bring Daniel out, he turned the situation around on his enemies. The fate of those who had attempted to interfere with the king's plan to promote Daniel, it proved fatal for them because the king commanded that they, their wives and their children, be cast into the den of lions. The lions overpowered them and the Bible says broke all their bones in pieces before they even reached the bottom of the pit. And so this is the consequence. First Chronicles, Psalms 105, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. That's the proof, but it's also proof that the battle is not ours, but the battle is the Lord's. We are the apple of his eye and he will send retribution and he will provide deliverance and he will do it on his terms and on his condition. So following Daniel's deliverance and the deaths of his enemies, King Darius wrote a message, Daniel 6.25. He wrote this unto all people, all nations and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom when that men tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever in his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. And so rather than Daniel losing his position of influence, rather than him losing his clout, so to speak, he prospered not only in this reign, but in the next with Cyrus the Persian. And so I'm coming to a close this morning. You, you can stay seated for just a moment. It's a soft close. Miraculous stories are replete in the Word of God. Joseph, Israel, Paul and Silas, just to name a few. But what about those who are not necessarily delivered according to our standards of deliverance? Heroes of faith are not all those who experience deliverance in the world or in their circumstance or, circumstance or station in life. There are those who experienced deliverance from 
the world or out of the world. Though we may not experience in this lifetime, and though our experiences in this day and age, this end time, may not line up absolutely directly in the exact experience of some. Because persecution does not always include martyrdom. But here's what I believe. This is what I believe that will be more prevalent in our day and hour than anything else that anyone has ever experienced. I believe that in the next possibly few months, few years, few decades, however long the Lord tarries, will be the probability, the opportunity to compromise. I believe that this will exist. It always has, but I believe that it will become more prevalent than it already has been or ever has been in our history. It is not just a metaphor. We are living in Babylon. People in New York City are not living in Babylon. People in Los Angeles, California, and the, the mess that's going on there are not only the ones that we are living in, right here in Brantford. We're living in Babylon. It really is a great dichotomy. A chosen nation. Those who have been called out and brought out. A peculiar people. A royal priesthood. Yet we live in a fallen world among fallen humanity with fallen world concepts and mindsets. So the question is not will we live in Babylon? The question is Will we thrive? Just 30 days, Daniel. That's all you got to do. My grandfather used to try to, this is a term we use, boo me up sometimes when I didn't want to do something. You can do that standing on your head. That's what he'd say. That's easy. You can do that standing on your head. I don't know what that meant. I guess it meant it was easy. But I can hear the devil saying, Daniel, it's 30 days, man. You can do that stand on your head. There's an expiration date on this decree, Daniel. 30 days, that's all you have to wait. That's all you have to do. Just don't pray. Don't read your Bible. Don't try to study. Just, just hang out for 30 days. Just 30 days, Daniel. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. Just 30 days, that's all you have to wait. And then the expiration date will come and you can go right back to praying. But Daniel said, no, I'm not going to go 30 days. I'm not going to go 30 seconds. I'm not going to go 30 minutes without going to my God in prayer. Because Not because you said I can't, but because he said I should. And that's what I am going to do. And so there's nothing you can say. I'm not being disobedient to you, but I am being obedient to God. And so the, the choice today is not will we live in Babylon because the, 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 the waters have already been tested. The, 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 the temperature.
temperature of the water has already been tested. Will they go 30 days? Will they go 15 days? Will they go another 30 days? Will they lock it down again? I don't know. And I dare say I don't care. Because when, when they do, I'm just going to continue to do what God has called me to do no matter what. Come on, we ought to clap our hands and we ought to shout with a voice of triumph. We're going to do it, Lord. Hallelujah. So the question is not will we live here. We have to live here. Until he calls us home, we don't have a choice. But the question is, are you going to thrive? Are you going to just survive or are you going to thrive? Are you going to compromise to self-preserve? Are you going to do what God called you to do no matter what? No matter what come what may, whatever consequences may be, we're going to do what God calls us to do. Because whether in life or whether in death, God always honors faith. And so I don't know about you, but I want to make up my mind now that I'm going to make righteous choices now. I'm going to avail myself to the will of God now. I'm going to stand strong in my faith now. I'm going to live in this world even though it's hostile toward me. And I'm going to make heaven my home. And I am going to remain consistent in my call and in my commitment to God. And if that's you this morning, you ought to stand and throw both hands in the air and tell him, I am going to be committed. I am going to stand. I am going to do what you called me to do. In Jesus, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, one more time. Would you lift your voice? Would you lift your voice and praise Him? We magnify you, Lord. We magnify you. We trust you, oh God. We trust you. Not only with our temporary life, God, but with our eternal life. We trust you. Implicitly, we trust you, God, because we know that you have our best interest at heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.